All right, welcome back to the show, everybody. It's your boy, and week five just wrapped up, and man, was it a doozy. We had a lot of a lot of crazy games. Let me go ahead and pull up my list. Oh, man, week five in the books. I wouldn't say, I wanted to say a lot of upsets, but it was just a lot of, you know, good teams beating bad teams this week nothing only one real upset ish in um a one real disappointing game and i'm just gonna start there right um right now it's monday night and um packers raiders is about to kick off but i want to talk about yesterday's late game the dallas cowboys get completely embarrassed by the San Francisco 49ers just a I like as I like to say a dog walking they took the dog to the park they took the dog everywhere they took the dog around town oh it was bad um the 49ers man are just a notch above the rest just executing at a ridiculously high level it, it, it at this point the way they beat the Cowboys almost just makes it seem like <laughs> it's just unfair. <laughs> like, if I really sit and go through the 49ers players, when you think about it, the O-line, Trent Williams, uh, obviously Brock Purdy's playing crazy. You got Christian McCaffrey, Debo, Brian Ayu, George Kittle. Then you go to the defense, and you have Nick Bosa. You got Fred Warner. You got Hafunga. You've got... Um, Hargrave, you've got Greenlaw. It's just they are stacked multiple levels at every position. Uh, I just wanted to get that out of the way. <laughs> the 49ers are such an excellent team. And, and I, I was, just after that game last night, I just wonder if they're just head and shoulders beyond everybody else in the league right now. Because I've seen a lot of people, uh, is this the 49ers being that good or is this the Cowboys being bad and it's just like I feel like the answer every time now I remember I asked that question to Daniel in one of the first episodes I did and his the first response was can it be both and uh, I think honestly that's exactly what is going on here is it's a little bit of both a little bit of both that the 49ers might be easily the best team in the league right now and it just also goes to show um the cowboys oh oh my oh my the cowboys i have a lot to say about this game so let me just get straight to it um dak i said it all year man uh what's the difference between dak prescott and kirk cousins uh pigment <laughs> melatonin <laughs> That's about it right now. Actually, crazy enough, Kirk Cousins has played hands down better than than Dak Prescott this year. But Dak was just bad this game, man. He threw three picks. Um, let me go look and get the exact stats. Because 156 yards, something like that. Three picks, a touchdown. Uh, on Really, 14 of 24. That's it. They threw the ball 24 times. 
<laughs> so that's great. San Francisco only threw the ball forty or twenty four times. But um Dak was awful and I don't wanna harp on Dak too much. I already said it. Dak doesn't have it, right? And the crazy thing about it is somehow, some way, the Cowboys offensive line actually put up a good fight against the 49ers defensive line. That's not, there was no trouble up there up front except for the fact that they couldn't run the ball. They couldn't establish the run, but they weren't going to get to run anyway because they fell behind so quick. So let me go look. Because what? Yeah, we start off 14-0 in, in the second quarter. And from then on out, it was just kind of, it was a struggle fest. This was a a struggle fest game because Dak didn't have it going whatsoever and they just stomped them. And um, I think a lot of the talk has been and will be surrounding whether or not Brock Purdy is actually good. Not just good, but is he elite? Is he carrying the offense? And, and I think they just got a glimpse of the possible future for the 49ers looking across at the Cowboys. Um, and that's where I think, that's where I think, I, I, like, where I'm going to go with this conversation, this rant, if, if you will. Um, I had a very deep dislike and disdain for watching Alex Smith play quarterback for the Chiefs for six years, whatever it was. I couldn't stand it. Um, there's different levels to game managers and quarterbacks. Quarterbacks in general, but specific also in um, the tiers of the types of quarterbacks. And I think Dak and Brock Purdy are essentially just the same guy, to, to be honest. Actually, Brock Purdy is probably is about even because his what he lacks in his his running ability compared to uh, Dak, he makes up for in just the processing of the game. Right. Um, but let's get back to that. What I was saying, twenty sixteen, right? Twenty sixteen, Dak takes the Cowboys to a thirteen and three record. And actually, I would love, let me pull this up, because I think, I think what was happening is we see Brock Purdy playing at such a high level. And I think we, in general, as, you know, um, football viewing people, especially if you're listening to this, we, we have a tendency to get wrapped up in the current, the now, and we forget that the past has played out and shown us um, basically just things that have already happened. These things have already happened before, right? To me, in my eyes, Brock Purdy is no different than what Dak Prescott walked into in 2016. And I wanted to go look at some of the 
skill position players to kind of compare this. So Zach, Dak walks in, and he, he has Ezekiel Elliott his rookie year, who you could argue was the best running back in the league at the time. Very similar, not similar in play style, but very similar to what Christian McCaffrey is doing right now. And they had Darren McFadden was the backup. They had a strong number one wide receiver. And that was Des Bryant. Des Bryant, a big, strong, physical, number one ex-receiver, sounds a whole lot like Debo Samuels. They also had a top-tier, at the time, generational tight end, a go-to security blanket-esque tight end in Jason Witten, not too far from a George Kittle. Now, obviously... George Kittle, better than Jason Witten. Debo Samuel, better than Des Bryant, probably. I mean, I'd have to really go look through everything, but I would, I would say just looking eye test-wise, yeah. I'd, I would take Debo over Des Bryant, but that's neither here nor there. So, if we look, Dak and Brock Purdy. Through his, first, his rookie year, Versus Brock Purdy's first, what is it? What are we gonna, we'll call it ten games. Um, passing yards per game, Dak has more. Now that's a little skewed because there's a couple games where Brock Purdy didn't play the whole game. But either way, it's significantly more. Okay, touchdown percentage is Dak five to Brock Purdy seven. Interception percentage is Dak at .9 to Brock Purdy at at 1.3. Now, the stats are the stats. But what I I wanted to really talk about is the same thing. We're talking about a guy that is a good decision maker. Maybe doesn't doesn't have the arm of a Josh Allen, Herbert, Mahomes. Doesn't have a strong, you know, super strong arm. Doesn't have the best arm talent in the world but makes great decisions, has great players around him. Oh, I I forget to mention the O-lines, you know. Legendary Dallas Cowboys 2016 offensive line and Trent Williams and the boys for the 49ers. But, so great O-line, great skill players, um, good defense. I could argue that the 49ers defense was better than... (laughs) (laughs) Those Cowboy defenses, almost like it's almost laughable to even try to compare the two defenses, but still. So Brock Purdy with an even better defense than what Dak has right now. And then you get the the cherry on top of the Sunday, which is the coaching. Now, if I remember correctly, Jason Garrett was the coach of the Cowboys at the time versus Kyle Shanahan, one of the best offensive minds of, what, the past 10 years? However long it's been? And I think we we get caught up in the now. And we want to say because Brock Purdy didn't make any mistakes that he was great. Or that he is great. That he is a an elite quarterback. Excuse me. But... We said the same thing about Dak Prescott. 
And what we found out over time was that he was average. He's an average quarterback. And I like it's funny because I dump on Dak. But in reality, they are like he is a good quarterback. He's not bad by any stretch of the imagination. But he's not great. So you're right there. You're you're good. You're a serviceable starter in the NFL. And um, it's the same way I viewed Alex Smith. I, I personally, I, I like the new this new style of the quarterback where we're leaning more towards runners and gunslingers. Um, what I was calling point guard quarterback versus uh, the traditional game manager, make the check down 30 times a game and just hope that your defense doesn't give up 50. Let's just hope we can, you know, move down the field and whatever. But I think that's the big thing is Brock and Dak are essentially the same guy in the same position. And all it took for Dak to um, fall out of that was the next year after that 2016 year. And and some people say, well, Brock Purdy did this last year. Brock Purdy did it for a handful of games last year and got knocked off in the playoffs in a game that people, I feel like people tend to forget that it wasn't, it didn't look like it was a close game. That Eagles 49ers game didn't look like it was going to be a, a very close game at all. Well, at least from what I remember. And I think we just get stuck in debating or people, the media get stuck in debating whether somebody like Brock Purdy is good. And we tend to throw out all this other stuff, right? So, um, I, I just think we got to pump our brakes with the Brock Purdy thing. In in 2016, people were saying coming into the next year that, Dag Prescott could be an MVP candidate. People like Skip Bayless, you know, over their skis, uh, looking at basically a game managing quarterback with legs, uh, could be an MVP guy. But then what happens is, you know, Dez is older, the line's older, the defense falls completely apart for Dallas at that point. And I think with the 49ers, we're going to start to see that you have to pay all these guys. Now, I don't know exactly what the 49ers contract situation is right now, but uh, I can look it up. <laughs> it's all this stuff is available, right? And I just wonder how long you can have a stacked team like this. I think it was uh, Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco, that said it's kind of like the Warriors when they had KD, where it's just almost unfair. Right now, let's see whose contracts are up first. Anybody that matters this year? No, nobody notable this year. But this is what I mean is any okay. So, next year, it gets a little you got Drake Greenlaw, Brandon Ayuk is up, Isaiah Oliver, who was who was played pretty good, who fungus up. Both the backup running backs. So, yeah, you have about two years. You've got this year and next year, really, where you can kind of have this sustained success. 
I wonder what Purdy's contract is at because it. <sighs> we see it with the Chiefs right now as a Chiefs fan. We've seen it, right? We couldn't. We didn't. We don't have the money to have a good O line, build up the defense, keep Kelsey Hill, Chris Jones. Uh, you run out of money, right? As <laughs> simple as that. And I think that's what I was trying to say not too long ago is once you pay Brock Party, what happens then? Same thing happened with the Cowboys. Same thing happens with every single team, especially with this new, um, the new way that these things go, right? Where people are trying to get a, a solid, a good to solid quarterback on a rookie contract so that they can basically keep all this talent around them. But what happens is if that guy performs well and you're successful, people tend to give a lot of the credit to the quarterback. So then naturally that guy's going to want to get paid like a top end quarterback. If we keep praising, look at Dak. Dak got all that money and the team is barren and he's out there just struggling away with all the expectations in the world on him. And I think, uh, I think eventually that's what's going to happen to party, but that doesn't, none of this excuses how badly Dallas got beaten last night. And I, I feel like it was, I don't even, what am I to say? Right. That I did already say before. I mean, at the worst possible moment, the Cowboys are always going to do the worst thing every time. And that's what they did. They shit their pants last night, Sunday night. And you lose to the Cardinals somehow, you get blown out by the 49ers and you get kind of starting to look like the Chargers a little bit with the, the Chargers charging, but it's different, right? And I, I made a tweet where I said uh, the Cowboys and, or the Bills are the Cowboys of the AFC. <laughs> I see so many similarities between the two teams. They're both just uh, talent everywhere on paper they're easily some like two of the best teams in the league when you look at it on paper there's talent at every level on both sides of the ball you couldn't ask for any uh, a better construct construction of a team but then i let me look because i literally made a checklist (laughs) so this is the checklist super bowl expectations every year Every year we say the Cowboys are going to go be in the Super Bowl race. Every year we say the Bills are going to be in the Super Bowl race. Uh, telling them all the levels, like I said, they beat the shit out of bad teams. They just do. Bills constantly go crazy on bad teams, and we get overhype them. The Cowboys do the same thing. They This year specifically for the Cowboys, they just beat all bad teams, and we hyped them up. Uh, the QB quarterback... Josh Allen, Dak Prescott are going to try their tryhards and they're going to make horrible, God awful mistakes. And it's inevitable. It's going to happen. That's what they do. And they're going to make the playoffs and they're going to flop to a team like the 49ers and Eagles for the Cowboys or Chiefs Bengals for the Bills and just do repeat the cycle over and over and over and over for four or five years. And that's exactly what you get with both teams. And I, I, I feel greatly that they'll just do the exact same thing again. We'll do the same thing again. We're on the roller coaster ride of these two teams. So Cowboys fans just strap in and 
know that you'll have some other type of high point this year. Maybe, maybe they beat the Eagles both times this year, and then we're talking about some. I don't know. I just the come on, guys. The Cowboys should be better than this, right? They should be, but it never fails. I just think, honestly, it's probably bad coaching more than it is anything. Mike McCarthy had the same issues when he was in Green Bay that he has now. And before that, you have Jason Garrett, who just even struggles to get the team into the playoffs. They'll just go 8-8, eight and 7-9, eight, 6-10, and, and they would just do that over and over again. They did that for three or four years straight before they started getting back into the playoffs again with McCarthy. But this is where we at. Cowboys... Are you a good, bad team? Are you the best, bad team? I don't know. I don't know what to tell you guys. As a, I'm not a Cowboys fan, so I don't know <laughs> how it feels. It's got to hurt to know that every single media thing in the world is going to talk about your team. But those the breaks, as some say. Also, the breaks... Seems like I just went over them. The Bills fall to the Jags. Uh, it was more the the score was closer than the game felt. The game felt kind of like um, not like the 49ers because the Jaguars offense is just for whatever reason just completely struggling. Yeah, it was eleven to zero in the first quarter. It was just kind of like a. Just a nice spanking, like just a hard nose beating. Yeah, because ETN they couldn't stop ETN from running the ball. Um, Trevor Lawrence and Josh Allen. It's like when you, looking at the numbers. Does that game no justice? Because they both kind of stunk until the first until the fourth quarter, and then they just decided that okay now it's time to really play and actually try to play but then that was just a stinker i don't the london games are weird i see a lot of people saying that um somehow that's a disadvantage flying to london like flying to london could really affect them even though the flight from buffalo to london is about i think it was a nine hour trip but the flight from buffalo to Seattle is a seven-hour trip, so somehow the two-hour difference in flights is somehow just miraculously, like, just ruins another team from playing well. I I, I don't really understand that. Like, oh, maybe because they play in the morning? I, that's the only excuse I would have is that your body is telling you that you are playing at 8 o'clock in the morning, and maybe the Jags were a little more into it than that, but... It's just funny to see. <laughs> Look where we at. We in the first week of October and already just the bills are falling apart. They can't they even they can't even make it to November before we just get this, before they just lay an egg like at at a, what I would have thought was an easy win, really. You would think I mean the Jags have been struggling and the Bills defense just came through and shut out not shut out, but they shut down the Dolphins. Now granted Milano got hurt. Trey White got hurt. Uh, somebody else got hurt. Does all that matter? Yeah, because they got Matt Milano got hurt uh, pretty early on. 
Didn't one of the safeties go down too or something like that? Either way, it doesn't excuse somehow you put the clamps on Miami, but then you come in and play the anemic, cold-to-the-touch Jaguars offense and just stumble and struggle and just overall just look terrible. I mean, the fumble at the end to end the game from Stefan Diggs, and they just look... They just didn't have it. They couldn't. They It's the Bills, though. That's what happens. They go up and they go down. And they go up and they go down. And that's it. It's not just Josh Allen. People would love to pretend like it's just Josh Allen. Josh Allen didn't play bad. But he also didn't play good this game. Which is very atypical. This wasn't a high swing up and down game for him. It was just everybody was bad early. And they just turned it on in the fourth quarter and started making plays. But outside of that, it was just terrible. The Jags deserved to win that game. And somehow now we're looking at Buffalo as, I think, ranked seventh or something like that. Like, that's just barely in the running to make the playoffs. And it's just crazy to think that we could have such such dramatic swings even in how we look at them like it's it's just a symptom of who they are really to be honest because even us the people that talk about football swing with them when they're great we say they're great when they play bad we say they're terrible and that's not just that's from everything I watch and listen to, it's kind of the same thing. It's like, we just never, nobody's talking about the Bills now. They lost to the Jaguars. It's like, yeah, okay, well, we're done talking about them. And when they're good, when they do something amazing and Josh Allen puts up 400 yards and five touchdowns, we'll be like, are, are the Bills back? Are the Bills good? No. No. They're going to do the same thing. They're just like the Cowboys. They're going to be good. They're going to have a good, solid record, probably win the division. If Miami just kind of stumbles and people figure out that how to attack that defense and keep keep the uh, offense off the field, keep two off the field, yeah. But could they they can still win the division and we'll still talk about them like they're contenders and then they'll get into the playoffs and they'll lose in some crazy, ridiculous fashion, or they'll blow out the first team and then somehow get blown out. <laughs> something something will happen. It's just like the Cowboys. What can happen will happen. What is that? Murphy's Law? If something bad can happen, it's going to happen to the Bills. Bills and the Cowboys. Those are the two teams. The other team I throw in there, the Chargers. Same type of thing. Whatever can happen will happen. And uh, I'll move on to the next game. Speaking, things can happen. Anything can happen, right? Just like Travis Kelsey getting hurt. In the Chiefs Vikings game. Now the Chiefs won 27 to 20, and I'll take it. I will take a, a, a W as a Chiefs fan. Pat bounces back a little bit, you know. Does, you know, didn't put up amazing numbers, but he just looked solid again. He just didn't look like he was struggling as much. Still a little. Little sketchy, little couple wobbly balls, a couple of them when he had to wind up and throw it deep, uh still looks a little duckish. Like he's still throwing a couple ducks. He threw that crazy pass to Justin Watson. 
that Justin Watson really, he hit him with the, on your head, and boy, did he just reach down and said, oh, cookies in this cookie jar, I will take the cookies, thank you. <laughs> just took that ball from him. That was, that, was a, that was a great catch. Bad throw. Tony Romo or whoever it was was hyping up the throw like, only, only Mahomes can make a throw like this. Like, yeah. It was a terrible throw, to be honest. <laughs> he threw another short duck um, on a deep ball. I forget who it was to. Maybe it was to Justin Watson again. It was probably the MVS. He was throwing right and it just was short. I don't know what's going on with Pat. Maybe the ankle. I know he got rolled up on again this game and kind of tweaked it, but a lot of ankles going on. And then Travis Kelsey in the first half, just on a probably third and two, maybe third and three, just catches us a little pass out in the flats, turns up to get the easy first down and just falls down. And I start sweating. And then he reaches for his ankle. And... I wanted to cry. All I could think was, oh, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> the Pfizer injection. <laughs> God, Travis Kelsey. Like, something in, in the world just happened to make him tear his Achilles after being called Mr. Pfizer by Aaron Rodgers. I just couldn't believe it. I, I thought he tore his Achilles. First thing, non-contact injury just drops. It looks like he, he just lost use of his foot. And it was scary. It was scary. He limped off. When he ran off, he ran off on his own accord. He could use his foot. So that was good. That made me feel a little better. But I was scared shitless. I was like, no, we can't afford to. The Chiefs cannot afford to lose Travis Kelsey right now. The receivers are struggling. They struggled again. Rasheed Rice looks like the only one who even has a chance of being competent, Justin Watson, but I don't think Justin Watson can um, play at a high level down in and down out. I just don't think he has the talent level for that. And just seeing Kelsey go down was just crushed my soul. But he came back in the second half, ankle taped up, tore it all shot, all through his veins, mixing with the Pfizer and Moderna uh, vaccine shots and, weed and because they caught him somebody caught him <laughs> they took a picture of him at a gas station he had the he had the little the little dutch wraps sitting on the counter he tried to hide them uh, yeah all right, hey yeah don't look at these don't look at this don't look at these dutches <laughs> just all whatever whatever um particles is in that man body he came back out and sent really, we being honest, carried the team after coming back because he just caught probably four, four, like five, six uh, catches in one drive and moved it, moved it straight downfield. And, and he just came back out better than he was earlier in the game. <sighs> Penalties was a little, you know. Everybody was like, well, he played the Vikings close. Okay, Vikings aren't an awful team. They're just, they, uh, just like this game opened up with a fumble. First play of the game. And that just is showing the Vikings' entire season this year. It's just turnovers galore. If they if they didn't turn the ball over, their, their record's probably reversed. They're probably 4-1. 
if you flip all the turnovers. But from talking about the Chiefs, um, the Vikings had 24 first downs. Five of them were off penalties. That helps you a little bit. That helps keep the score close like it was. Uh, Chris Jones, Carl Loftus, Naughty. It's just not. It just didn't do it. I would have thought coming into this game that we would have just ripped that Vikings offensive line apart and just forced Kirk Cousins into hell <laughs> and just was sacking him like crazy, made him throw the ball. But that's not what happened. The secondary really just stepped up. And even though he had Kirk Cousins had plenty of time in the pocket, plenty of time to just look around and execute outside of. Whatever was a four-man rush, he had all the time in the world, and the secondary somehow held up and held Justin Jefferson to, I want to say, 3-30-something, and 30-something, 3-28, and 3-38, and 38, some, somewhere around there. It just was, like, poor Vikings, because the Chiefs play a C game, a C-plus game at best, right? Just a solid good game, and they still lose. You still lose. Now, people, some people, oh, they took away that flag and it ends up with that ball wasn't nowhere near catchable. And if it's pass interference for the receiver to just turn around and I don't even have time to turn around to even look for the ball because it's on the ground already, like that that can't be pass interference. Overall, though, it was a really, it was a solid game. Good, good win. Sweated a little bit. I hope we I hope the Chiefs can go into the Broncos game and just wipe them clean and call it a day. But oh yeah, overall good solid game gives the Chiefs a little bit of footing, and uh, they not they not all the way back, but they're getting there. Just like the Bengals, uh, a lot of a lot of people talking about the Bengals are the. Are they back? Is Joe Burrow back? Is he is he finally getting healthy? And I watched that game and didn't that's not how it felt. They were down early. And if you take away that pick six from the from the two or three yard line or whatever, it it didn't do great. The Bengals didn't really do great. This they exploded in the second half. Jamar Chase. Hold on, before I, I before I even get there, let's start with Joe Burrow. The ankle is probably still a problem. He moved around a lot better than he has the previous couple of weeks. Uh, the Cardinals' defensive line just isn't really that good. They didn't really put a lot of pressure on them. Like, so Joe Burrow had a lot of time to make these decisions. And even with that extra time comparative to the last couple of defenses they played, he still didn't throw the ball deep. And they, I, the outside of, it, it's basically they look the same. They just played the Cardinals. I think that's the big thing here is that the Bengals didn't look far and away better than they have the past couple of weeks. It was still kind of Joe Burrow dinking and dunking. And then, hitting Jamar Chase. Then he that one deep ball to, to Jamar Chase and now we're supposed to pretend like the Bengals are just back. <laughs> no, you played the Cardinals. One of my notes is Josh Dobbs had a nine point five QBR. He played awful. 
They ran the the Cardinals. That's what they do. They ran the ball crazy, and they still at at some point it was still just what um twenty four twenty in the fourth quarter. Yeah, like the the Cardinals played terrible, and they still put up points. They still had these drives here and there where they just went straight down the field running the ball. Tail. I think James kind of got hurt, but they still just they still made drive they still finished a couple drives and and were up they were up in the first half i think that's what people just forget they just look at the stats and look at this and, and don't realize like if they don't hit that bomb if they don't get the pick uh the pick six and they don't hit the bomb they they probably lose that game too they didn't look great so no the Bengals are not back we got to stop that <laughs> do they look better yes and coming out with the second half of that game after they got that little boost from the defense getting the pick six and they decided to change the offense to uh, just throw the ball to Jamar Chase. If I'm if he's single covered, throw it to him. If he double covered, throw it to him. If he triple covered, throw it to him. If he quadruple covered, throw it to him. Just throw it to Jamar Chase. Every other ball is going to Jamar Chase and Irwin. Irwin stepped up. He looked nice. But yeah, it's still just not there. Joe Burrow just ain't got it yet. Just ain't got it. Just, you know. <laughs> it's just not, it just ain't right, man. And, you know, I think that's a lot of teams right now. Like, I guess I can talk about the Patriots game, right? Um, The Patriots are just bad. Really bad. And, you know, you, you go two games and get 70 points put on your head and don't score, like, that's so embarrassing, man. Like, and I think there are a lot of people that are ready to jump out the window and say, fire Belichick. I think really the thing they should, they should hire a a GM. They should, that's what, like, because I just don't think that Belichick just, he doesn't have the eye for talent. And he just, they never have any good players. Like, it's so crazy to think that for 20 years, they really got by on lackluster talent just because Tom Brady was that good. Because now you can see it. Like, you can have scheme and all these things all you want, but if you don't have players that can execute that scheme at a high level, then it's all pointless. And I think that's where they're at right now. I think Mac Jones is a an albatross just a a killer of team of the team right now. I think that's a big part of it. I don't think putting Zappy in will change anything, but you can't coach out stupid. You know, you can't coach out those dumb things. It's just like Jameis, right? Jameis Winston was good. He had all everything. He he's big, strong, fast, arm talent out of this world. Um, he could see the game in a different way because, I mean, it speaks to him when he put up 30 touchdowns in a year. But the problem was dumb. You can't coach away dumb. You can't coach away stupid. Just, what somebody say? I, I can't remember. I think it was Jason Kelsey talking about somebody who just, who's, I think it was Vince Young. He was talking about Vince Young saying that he had horny throws where he just, he couldn't help it. He just horny to, 
to score or get a big play. And I think, I think Mac has a little bit of that same Jameis, just dumb, stupid mistake stuff. You know, he throws interceptions. He's a dirty player. He just always, you know, he says the right thing. But when he says like, oh, it's my fault, he says it. And I just don't believe that he thinks that half the time. It's just, yeah, you, you can't, you can't, you can't coach out stupid. And that's where they're at with Mac Jones right now. And it doesn't help that he doesn't have any skill players with him. It doesn't help none of that. And the line is solid, but it doesn't matter if you have all the time in the world to throw if you th- make bad decisions and you don't have players that can make up for those bad decisions. And it didn't help that, you know, their best defensive players didn't play. But no. You can't fire Belichick yet, man. I I would say he gets because he's Bill Belichick. He gets at a minimum two more years. You can revisit this in twenty twenty five, and we can talk about it then. But right now, no, cannot. No, it's it's not it's not him. It, if you want to tell me that you gonna hire a GM, sure, yeah, I'll take that. I think that's fair. If you want to say yeah, Belichick's done with. <laughs> The personnel decisions. But you can't fire him. He can't fire him, no. Okay. Um, let's just stay with stinkers. The Ravens. Now, um I wanted at first in my mind, because I, I didn't watch the whole game, I watched most of the second half. And in my mind I want to say that this is on Lamar. But when I really started thinking about it and I really started looking at foot, footage of the game, like looking back through the game, I can't blame Lamar Jackson totally now. Whether did he make bad decisions at inopportune times? Sure. But that's pretty much every quarterback outside of like Mahomes or, you know, Herbert most of the time. So I can't put it on. The drops are crazy. And as a team, as being a fan of a team that (laughs) was dealing with really bad drops, I understand how it feels. And you might look at your quarterback and be like, hey, man, are you good? Are you actually good or not? But Lamar can only do so much. Lamar can't catch the ball for those guys. Um, I still think that I, I... now, I can't blame him for that loss because there's a lot of things that went wrong. The defense gave up the big pass to Pickens to end the game. So I can't just blame put all the blame on Lamar's feet, at, at his feet. But also, Lamar doesn't look that great. When, when we're talking about making Lamar sit back and be just a drop-back quarterback, I don't... It doesn't work. And I think it's weird that we continue to think that some of these guys that have been in the league for five to seven years can just change all of a sudden I think that's like a reason why Raiders move on from Derek Carr because it's been almost 10 years and you know this guy by now and I just think we're still at this place where we look at these this class of guys over the past 
since what for five years let's say five years six years because when Mahomes gets drafted 2018 2019 2020 2021 and we look at these guys like they're established veterans and we don't it's like we forget that they've only some of these guys only Lamar's been in the league for five years that's it this is Lamar's fifth year he started in 2018 now on the flip side that's a long time also though like being in the league for five years I don't think you just can turn it on in year five I I don't know if we've seen that that often of a guy just in year five change the way he plays and become better it just doesn't really work like that it doesn't work like that in a lot of things I think if you told me that they flipped to this and then four or five years down the line Lamar just incrementally gets better and better and at some point does that sure but if we're just saying we're just gonna flip this flip the switch and Lamar's just going to become Peyton Manning now it just seems ridiculous but also it doesn't help the drops don't help you know as much as I sit here and can you know lament about Lamar's um passing ability you got to catch the ball because there was a lot of throws he put on the money to those guys these this new group of receivers that are supposed to be top tier for him didn't show up for Lamar and you know Lamar made his mistakes but you're gonna make mistakes and somehow you let the Steelers win the Steelers who've just been a cold body all year you just let them come in and and do that Makes me, you know, wonder. That's why I didn't really have them in my top ten, I don't think, because I just don't trust I don't trust that team anymore. It's not the same Ravens of a few years ago that made me worry when the Chiefs played them. I don't worry about them anymore. Some weird stat I heard, I don't remember where, that uh, Lamar has only beat the Steelers one time in his whole career. That seems pretty crazy. But yeah, like I'm not I don't get scared of the Ravens anymore, man. You know? They're not great. They're a solid team. They're in that same vein with the Chargers, where it's like the Chargers aren't scary anymore. After a couple years, after two, three years of seeing this over and over, they're not it's not scary anymore. As an opponent, as a as a Chiefs fan. You just don't get worried by them. Um Yeah. You know, Ravens, do I think they can go deep? Do I think they can? They, I don't think they can go to the Super Bowl. I think they're going to, their, their max out window for this year is winning a playoff game. You know, I think most likely they make the playoffs and just lose in the first round. And most they can do is win that game and then lose the next game. That's, that's how I view them right now. Unless. I don't see what can happen. What can happen, especially after watching that stinker. I don't really see anything, but who knows? Who knows? Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Kind of like C.J. Stroud being the best rookie quarterback, <laughs> almost of all time, where he's closing in on range of, you know, the best rookie season of all time, but. This game, Falcons, Texans, ah, 
CJ couldn't pull it off. Well, I can't even say that. I can't even say that's the crazy thing about this CJ Stroud season. I can't even say that he didn't pull it off because he did what he was supposed to do to end this game. Now they lose by what one point, two points, whatever it was, two points because they kicked a field goal down one. Um, but yeah, CJ kind of struggled all game. Uh, you, how on th- he's been lights out on third down all year. And this year, struggled. Or not this year, but this game, he struggled on third down. And the Falcons got him off the field, and the Falcons were moving the ball pretty well. I mean, Desmond Ritter put up 300 yards. Let me go look and see what he had. I think it was 303 touchdowns. But yeah, Houston just... C.J. Stroud and the Texans, they they moved the ball. Yeah, he had 329 with one touchdown. Eh, meh, you know, and he ran one in. He ran, it was cool, it was a cool run. It was just, uh, what I've been saying, the Texans just couldn't finish drives, and that's what kind of handicapped them. They would just, they would just get right outside the red zone and just kind of peter out a bunch of times and then kick a field goal. Because if you look, uh, yeah, first quarter, let me see their drives because I think that would be very telling. So let's go through the Texans drive. Uh, Six plays, 28 yards, field goal. Punt. Seven plays, 49 yards, field goal. Then they punt, punt. 10 yards, 70, or 10 plays, 79 yards, field goal, punt, field goal, punt, punt. And then, of course, they C.J. Stroud on the last drive puts on an absolute clinic, moves straight down the field, throws a touchdown to Dalton Schultz and just looks awesome. And at what should have been game got overturned by Desmond Ritter, who just continually in the fourth quarter specifically just continually cuz if you look at if you look at the Falcons drives it's they scored that run he ran it in early in the first quarter and then it's punt 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 fumble fumble and then he just goes nuclear <laughs> touchdown then they get a field goal then they move right down the field in the last drive and get a field goal to end the game. Didn't he? Ooh, what was the? Who was it to? Who was it to? Who was it to? Uh, Browns for six yards. No, for five yards. No, for five for six yards. There it is. Drake London for twenty-three yards. That was it. Put him in field goal range. They ran the ball to run the clock down. Kick the field goal in the game. But otherwise, um, Desmond Ritter has a weird stat where. He's like going back to college. Going back to college, if you count now all the way back to college, he's like 30, 31 and 0 in home games. I don't know what, what he, that guy loves his own bed or something, but 31 and 0 going back to college in home games is nuts. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. Of course, I'll you know that, this is how it goes. I'll put money on the Falcons for their next home game, and then they'll lose and break the streak finally. But yeah, 
C.J. Stroud kind of struggled all game. Desmond Ritter finally had a really good game. He should have good games. Look at all the pieces he has around him. You got Kyle Pitts. You got B. John Robinson. You got Algiers. You got Drake London. Like the O line is is good enough that I didn't notice they was bad. So there's no reason Desmond Ritter doesn't come out and do this every game, really. Except that he kind of stinks. And, you know, Houston's defense kind of, they should have won this game. But that Houston defense just at the end of the game couldn't hold on. After holding on and shutting them out for basically from the first quarter on, from second quarter on, you just give it all up at the end of the game. And there's nothing you can do about it. If you're the quarterback, there's nothing you can do about that. That's on the defense. You guys coughed up a W. It hurts. But that's what happens, man. You know? Um. So, I want to wrap up the pod with a quick little, basically, rankings, if you would. Uh, I'm just going to say the levels of the league. There's different levels, right? Some guys are up here. Some guys are down here. And, uh... These are the levels of the NFL right now. We'll start from the bottom. At the bottom, we have Everybody Loves Caleb. (laughs) The Everybody Loves Caleb group includes the Vikings, the Broncos, the Bears, the Raiders, the Patriots, the Giants, and the Panthers. And those are all the teams that, at first I named it Depression, because these are all teams that if you're a fan of, it's probably very depressing to try to watch football every Sunday and you're rooting for the Giants. <sighs> Not great. Not great. Self-explanatory, you know. Um, The next zone I have is called the, the next level I have is called the Aaliyah zone. The dust yourself off and try again next year teams, which include the Colts, Steelers, Falcons, Texans, Titans, Cardinals, Commanders, Jets, all teams that you're you're bad. You're not good teams, but there's hope. It's not the depression level. It's not the everybody loves Caleb level. You're on a different level where, hey, next year, we could be really good next year. <laughs> For the Cardinals, if Kyler comes back, they could be good. Commanders, um if they get a new quarterback, they could they could be going crazy. The Jets, when Aaron Rodgers comes back, you could be a good team. Titans, it's the same thing. It's just kind of like, hey, if we, the Colts, you know, Anthony Richardson takes the next step. Texans, same. Falcons, same. Uh, Steelers, you have a solid team. If your quarterback can take the next step, you could be really good. Titans, Cardinals, Commanders, Jets, uh, you need somebody else basically playing quarterback right now, and you'll be fine. The Cardinals actually have that. Um, The next level that I have is good but struggling to play full games this includes the saints the jags the chargers and the ravens all teams that have looked awesome and look like great top almost top 10 teams at times and then other times look like they could be in the everybody loves caleb zone so they're just struggling to put full a full 60 minutes together. 
Um, the next level that I have is better than their record. This includes the Browns, Rams, Bucks, Bengals. Maybe the Bucks. I I really didn't, I didn't have a great place to put the Bucks, so this is kind of where they fell. Um, let me pull up the standings real quick and check everybody's record real fast. So the Browns are two and two, but their defense looks awesome, like a top five defense in the league. Uh, the Rams are two and three, but they've played good teams really close. They played the 49ers the closest out of every team so far. And granted, it's a divisional game, and those divisional games do get weird. But still, they they played them close. They played them the best out of everybody else so far. Uh, the Bucks, Bucks actually have a good record. They're three and one. And yeah, they're playing like a top tier team. But I just can't quite. I couldn't quite put them up there. Oh. I, See, I messed up. See, I'm, I'm, I did move the Bucks out of this spot. I just forgot <laughs> to erase them. So it's the Bengals, Rams, Browns. Bengals are two and three. Obviously, you got Joe Burrow. He gets healthy. You got Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Now, Irwin, uh, Joe Mixon. If the offensive line can get their stuff together, the defense is always kind of low-key actually carried this team more than people would like to admit. Yeah, Rams are two and three. Browns are two and two. They're... They're better than their records shows, you know. The next level we ha I have is good, but ultimately you can't win at all, right? And that includes the Bucks. So you know, good, but he, I don't expect Baker and those guys to go win the Super Bowl. Um, next, I have the Packers. Where yeah, pretty good team, but I don't expect you to go out and win a Super Bowl. Right now, the Packers are two and two. And they're playing the Raiders right now, which who knows how that's gonna go. Uh you I see you can be a good team, but you're probably not gonna win at all. Seahawks, same thing. You got Geno. The defense is a little suspect this year, which is weird. But you can't win it. Cowboys, same thing. Good team. Really good team. Great pieces everywhere, but I don't expect y'all to win the Super Bowl. The next tier, uh, next tier, the next level <laughs> that I have is the three kids in a trench coat level, and I say that because um, from the outside, it's it's almost like it's like three kids in a trench coat. It's a perfect, perfect, perfect uh, name for that because you look like an adult. And in in the movies or in the TV shows where they did that, where three kids stand stand on like sit on each other's shoulders and go try to get into an R-rated movie, it always works. So it's it works, but like there's something wrong. You like <laughs> there's there's a couple people that look at this person in the trench coat and they they get by, but it just looks like something's wrong. And those teams include I have the Lions. The Dolphins and the Bills. I mean, you look good. You look like a real, like a good NFL team, but there's something weird going on, and I can't quite put my finger on it. So the three kids in the trench coat level. The next level I have is the Jokic zone. 
and the Jokic zone is it's awkward but it works it's very awkward but it awkward but winning is <laughs> a perfect way to put it and it's two teams it's the Chiefs and the Eagles it's awkward it's a lot of stumbling a lot of you know awkward movements like Jokic and a lot of weird movements and things going on elbows and arms are going all over the place and they're not going very fast but they're winning the games that's that's all you can hope for is to win right and then uh the last level i have is just insane insanity it's the 49ers they're just it's gonna be tough to take down the 49ers man that's it's that simple with brock purdy humming and all those pieces and that defense defense that's just hard nosed and flying around and fast and just guys playing smart on top of all the talent they have they play smart it's gonna be tough to get them out of here but somebody i mean they could they could they might be able to go 17 and 0 you never, I don't know, who knows? They could do it. I mean, if anybody's going to, I know people are, aren't saying it yet. They're afraid you want to get past the this Eagles game, but it's very, very possible that we're looking at a team that goes undefeated. I hope not, coming from a Chiefs fan, I hope not. I would love for them to go undefeated and we play them in the Super Bowl and win. That would be great, just another notch to Patty Magic's belt. But, it's scary. It scares me. We're talking about teams that don't scare me anymore. That team scares me. Even though we beat them last year, cool. We didn't beat this iteration of that team. So, we, the Chiefs. But either way, um, yeah, that's it, man. I went an hour. That feels, feels pretty good. Um, I don't want to overdo it. But, I hope you enjoyed the show. If you're watching on YouTube, like and subscribe. Hit the little notification bell. It's somewhere, somewhere down here, somewhere over here, in this area. Um, leave a comment what you think. Uh, go back, watch the quarterback draft, and comment on that. Let me know who you think had the best draft. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, follow me. Download the episodes and. Give them a listen. Give the old episodes a listen. Um, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter at Carver2X. And I hope you enjoyed the show. Over here in in this area over here, there's old videos that you can go watch. Um, yeah, hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thanks. See you guys Thursday. I'm out.